Welcome to the Board Game Community Show. I'm your host, Riley Stock. Before we get to the guest today, I wanted to address some business first. Let's get down to business. My second guest was Phil from Organized Fun, the podcast, and I had a big backlog of episodes of interviews and I just barely caught up on them and realized that I never plugged when I went on to Organized Fun. So you can find me guesting on their podcast. So my wife and I played code names with them. So if you look up that episode and then I played Marvel Champions with them the next week. It was a lot of fun. Phil and Mark, so great. Their podcast is great. They usually play a game and then they frag it, which is rate it according to fun, aesthetic, replayability, and gameplay. And then they ask Mark if it's a win or not, because Mark is not a big board gamer. Really charming podcast. I highly recommend it. Organized fun. It's organized with an S because they're from across the pond. I don't know. Phil and Mark were actually both on the bonus episode that just aired on Wednesday. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it after this interview. It was a lot of fun, and I'd like to thank everybody that's listened to it and let me know how much they love it. It's been overwhelmingly positive, and I was so nervous because I do voices. I'm not great at voices, and it's something, it's it's a very big undertaking. I've only DM'd a Dungeons & Dragons game twice, and so this was I was BMing this, bunker mastering this, and it was very intimidating. But Phil, Mark, Elena, and my friend Matt were all so great. It's going to probably be a four or five part episode. And then afterwards, we'll do an after show and talk about it. So those come out every Wednesday. My guest today is Sarah from Board Games in a Minute. She is such a wonderful guest, such a wonderful person. After we recorded this interview, she started posting a lot about the Israel and Palestine thing. I didn't know a lot about it, and I'm very and I'm very grateful that she did bring awareness to that. And I would strongly recommend going and looking up on YouTube John Oliver Israel Palestine and just listening to what he has to say about it because I think he puts it so well like he normally does. Okay, enjoy the interview. Hello. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, of course. Now, Sarah, I actually wanted to get her on Nerding Out when we first started uh, and and we weren't able to. But we have you now. Or I have you now. All by myself, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the gist of the show is just getting to know people throughout the community. Yeah. You did... I mean, you kind of did that with Quackalopes. I mean, you really, you did that with Quackalopes. Uh, they they got to know you like beyond board <laughs> games and everything. So Yes. Yeah, I've been on, a, on quite a few podcasts and stuff by now. So, Oh, nice. A, yeah, there's a few out there. You're, you're an old pro now, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, for anybody that may not have heard any of those or any interviews with you, uh, why don't you tell us about your board game journey? What got you into it? 
Oh, uh, well, you want to know how I got into board games? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, when I was little, of course, I played like the, you know, the classics like Monopoly and Candyland and life <laughs> and things like those. Um, but I was introduced to my first modern board game in law school, um, Catan. And then I wanted to play it all the time. But the friends who introduced it to me did not want to play you know, again and again. <laughs> so I think we played a total of maybe two or three times. And then that was it, unfortunately. And then after law school, I moved to London for a couple of years where I started attending London on Board, which is a board game meetup. And that's where I really got to discover so many amazing board games. So I, I you know, that's like the start of my board game journey. <laughs> oh, cool. Was there yeah. a game that, like Catan, that was my game too that brought me back into the world and then after that it sort of like it just opened me up to more ideas of like oh well then I did Ticket to Ride and then eventually I did Marvel mm -hmm. Legendary and I was like holy cow like deck building this is insane yeah was there kind of a, a pathway after that that got you even more excited well, I mean, once I was in London and started attending those meetups, I started playing all kinds of board games over there, like some heavier, some like party kind of games, some fun, you know, lighter games. And that's when I realized that there is like a whole world of board games that I don't know about. So, I mean, you know, that really just paved the way. And then when I moved back and um, to America and I started attending another meetup and, you know, just kept on discovering more and more board games. So I uh -huh. guess that's basically it. Yeah. That's really awesome. Have you gone to like conventions or anything? Yeah. yeah. The only convention I've been to so far is PAX Unplugged. And I went the last two years that they had it. And yeah, I'm dying to go again. So I'm really waiting for the world to open back up because I love PAX Unplugged. It's amazing. And I can't wait to start attending more conventions. Like I'm really excited because now I'm like the community manager for Fantasia Games. So I'll be able to represent Fantasia Games at conventions once those start up. Oh, that's really awesome. So yeah. they pay for you to travel? That to I don't know. Oh. <laughs> so, so I guess we'll find out. At you the know. very least, you can write it off as a tax write-off. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> that's always been my thing is like, if I have a business that revolves around board games, then I can just write off all my board games. Yeah. So this year, I still, I haven't filed my taxes yet because I know I was the night before taxes were due. I was like scrambling to try and get all of my videos, my sponsored videos and everything. And then I saw that we still have another month. So of course I delayed it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so I need to file my taxes and figure out how to do all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I'm self-employed. So it's like, I always look for anything that I can write off. Yeah. Why not? So much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's, that's really exciting that you're able to do that. I was actually looking at your prices, mm -hmm. which I was like, what? Like you do not charge nearly enough. I think. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. I would agree, especially for some of the heavier games, like people don't realize it ends up being hours of work. It's not just like yeah. one minute. It's like, you have to read the rule book, play the game and then make the video. And the video itself usually takes a minimum of an hour as I'm trying to figure out which components I need, you know, what I want to say and take after take after take trying to get it right. <laughs> um, you know, I've had some videos that have taken me so many takes, like, 
I've had a couple that have done that. Now I had one recently that took me over a hundred takes to get right, just because I just kept on messing up something, you know? So people don't realize, but it's actually a lot of work to make a one minute video um, (laughs) because there's no post editing. It's not like I'm, you know, saying one thing and then stopping and then saying another thing for three seconds and then stopping and then putting those all together. No. Yeah. You, yeah, it's all one take. You do it on TikTok, right? Yep. Yeah. And so then it's like, you can't edit. Can you edit with TikTok? I don't use TikTok. I, I think people can. I don't know how. So oh, okay. um, I'm pretty technologically inept. I'm just trying to figure out right now how to shoot videos with two cameras so that I can start doing playthroughs <gasps> and stuff. Oh. And yeah, for someone as technologically inept as me, it's pretty difficult. So <laughs> that's one of the reasons I do it in one take. Like, I don't want to sit there trying to figure out how to edit and stick together clip, like different clips. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's smart. I love that idea because yeah. I edit the podcast a lot and I wish that I didn't have to. Or Yeah, it's my that's OCD. too much work. Yeah. <laughs> But then again, doing a hundred takes is a lot of work too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's been, can you say what the hundred hour one was? A hundred takes. One yeah. A hundred takes. It was a <laughs> eternal palace. I just kept on messing oh. up. Yeah. That was a really difficult one for me. Um, holy a festival of colors I kept on messing up as well and that was difficult because my cat my little kitten kept on wanting to come and play with the pieces and knock things around and so I had to wait for him to stop doing that and then you know it's just that was a difficult one because of the three layered board so it's a really cool looking game though oh it's so cool I love it yeah I really need to play it again and one of the problems with being a content creator is that I end up having to play new stuff which is great also you know it's cool to be able to play a game and be one of the first few people in the world who gets to play a game that's now hitting kickstarter right that's really awesome like i absolutely love that but at the same time i can't play my favorites over and over because i'm having to play all this new stuff so you know it's a uh, pros and cons (laughs) yeah (laughs) that makes a lot of sense actually i'm really curious and if this is a Uh, I guess like an inappropriate question for a content creator, just say no, we'll cut it out. Uh, If like, do you ever get a game and you're just like, oh boy, this game is no good. (laughs) Yes, that's happened a couple of times. Um, in In that situation, I count my lucky stars that basically my videos are overviews and not reviews. Yeah. So basically I'm teaching people how to, how to play kind of giving them the gist of the game in a minute um you know if i really like a game you'll know it um by you know what i say at the end and if i'm like okay you know this is a game you might enjoy if x y and z then you can kind of figure out that way with how i personally felt about it um (laughs) so i mean you can pick up on those kinds of clues um but i would never bash a game in my one minute overview because I'm giving an overview. I'm not like giving a review. And secondly, just because it may not appeal to me, it may appeal to someone who does like those types of games. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody's got different tastes. Exactly. Yeah. Like I don't like Munchkin at all. I've never done a video for Munchkin, Uh, but I know that there's tons of people that love Munchkin, but I hate it. So. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So Munchkin, you heard it here. Don't, don't go to Sarah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, what's been your, like, I saw you recently did the new Kaman one. 
words. Mm. Oh yeah, that um that um fairy tale. Fairy tale, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's a cool game. It's a, like a kind of like a cool twist on like connect four but way better than connect four because you know in connect four you're just trying to connect four but in this one you know you have characters with different powers and you're trying to figure out where to put them into this like in and yeah it's it's cool it's a pretty cool game yeah have you ever been contacted by someone and you're like what me like you want me to do an overview for you? Cool. Like, yeah, I had like that. I've had that reaction where I've gotten super excited. Like, oh my god, these people are contacting me. Like, they want. Like, I, it's always an honor when, like, a big publisher reaches out to me and wants me to cover their games. I yeah, I'm always honored. Nice. Yeah. Let's rewind. And when did you start uh, board games in a minute? Uh, a year ago. So this is my one year anniversary. Um, I started when lockdown began and, you know, uh, I'm, I love board games. Like I seriously just love them so much. And of course, when lockdown began, that mean that meant that I wouldn't be able to run my meetup anymore because I was running a meetup where I live and I wanted to still be able to interact with board games somehow. <laughs> so <laughs> I was on TikTok and I decided that I would start making board game content on TikTok because I didn't see any and the time limit on TikTok is 59 seconds. And so that's how Board Games in a Minute came to be. Perfect. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Like, I remember seeing some of your earlier stuff and I was just like, oh my gosh, how in the world can someone do this in a minute? Like, I can't even explain one section in a minute. Yeah, lately on Facebook, I've been seeing those memories pop up of my very first few videos oh. that I did. And I think I've come a long way, honestly, like from the first <laughs> videos I did to the ones that I do now. Um, I think that they're better now. I think that they've improved over time. Yeah. Of course. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. <laughs> What was, do you remember what your first one was? Yes, the very first one I did was Runica and the Six-Sided Spellbooks. And actually, I ended up redoing that one. Because when I first did the very first video for Runica, it was just very, like, casual. Just me me kind of just giving a very brief overview of the game. But then just basically being like, oh, yeah, and this is cool. And I like this component and this component. And then the second video I did was a bit better. Then the third one was much better. The third one was Awkward Guests. And then I was like, okay, I need to go back and redo Runica. (laughs) because I didn't do it justice so if you go to my YouTube page you won't see the first ever video because I deleted it and then I did Runica again (laughs) funny that's awesome so in those earlier ones you weren't getting paid to do it oh no 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 my first uh sponsored video gosh let me see if I can find it on 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 this page here let's see Uh, so i mean in a way i guess you could say that my first sponsored one was for a gunfighter sponsored in the sense that um they were going to send me a production copy as um a thank you for doing the video but as far as actually getting paid uh uh gloomhaven jaws of the lion it appears that was my first one yeah that's a big one yeah (laughs) that's really cool i don't think i watched that one i'll have to go watch that i've watched a lot of them but that one seems like a hard one to to summarize in a minute i like to go through your videos and see like okay which one seems like it would be a challenge (laughs) (laughs) and see what you do yeah it's some of the heavier euros that are more challenging so like 
you know, Abomination, the era of Frankenstein, or like Eternal Palace, which, you know, I said took me about 100 takes. <laughs> so yeah. it's like the, it's the Euros that tend, and, you know, end up being harder, like Carnegie. Um, yeah. Darwin's Journey. It's, it's the Euros that mm. are a bit, you know, harder to do. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Are you more of a Euro gamer? Oh, I love Euros. Yeah. Uh, you know, nice. recently I've been discovering about myself that I think midweight like mid to like lower heavyweight games is my like sweet spot like you know that's my jam like I will play a much heavier game once in a rare while but I think like mid to low heavyweight is where I really want to stay in terms of euros yeah yeah is it time wise or brain burn I'm just finding that the games that are rated much higher in terms of weight it now seems to me the more I play them that, you know, some games, it seems like they're just complex for the sake of being complex. Mm. Um, and I'm starting to not like that. I'm starting to want, um, as you know, a designer friend of mine says he tries to make elegant simplicity, you know, put elegant simplicity in his games. Um, so where you have decisions to make. But it's not just a bunch of like number crunching and that's what makes it a heavier game. It's like, you know, as the game is progressing, you start seeing the things that you need to do and it just kind of makes it, you know, your decisions that you have to make just um, get harder and harder, but not because it's been made to be super crunchy like that. I don't know. I'm not very eloquent. So I'm not sure I'm, I'm getting my point across <laughs> no, very this well. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I feel that way about a couple of games where it's just like, what, why, why is it this way? Like, yeah. It seems like this could have been done more elegantly. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I've been learning a lot about in game design lately is like, elegance like yes yeah what's your do you have a favorite game all time obsession by dan halligan yeah oh it's a yeah it's a worker placement i would argue a little bit of tableau building but um you know i i, I don't know how people come up with these mechanics or list you know what right. mechanics are in a game on bgg because like i feel like you can debate what mechanics are in a game sometimes but obsession is by far my favorite game of all time yeah what is, what makes it your favorite? Oh gosh, um, so apart from the theme, which I absolutely love, I do think that the theme and mechanics are integrated perfectly. And when that happens in a game, it makes me so happy. Like, <laughs> you know, I've played a couple games recently where the theme was just completely irrelevant, and I'm like, what does this theme even have to do with this game? And you know, sometimes when themes just feel slapped on on a game, I'm like, eh, like it makes me not care about the game as much but with obsession like you know you you are in victorian england and you're trying to you know increase your estate's prestige and wealth and you know there's courtships happening you've got servants and your gentry need servants to like do these various events and the way that it all works on the board like thematically and mechanically it's you know integrated perfectly and i just absolutely love that okay so now i understand it's bridgerton the board game <laughs> I love Bridgerton. I watched it twice. I like binged it in like two or three days. And then I binged it again, like a week or two later. I was like missing it so much. Oh my God. So, well, let's go on off of this side trend. <laughs> but did you hear that the Duke isn't coming back? What? Did you not hear that? No. 
I'm going to Google it right now. What? <laughs> There's rumors that he's going to be like in the new Black Panther movie or something. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. I know. So I'm sorry I broke that to you. You did. I just Googled it. I cannot believe this. This is so sad. I know. Because he's like... One of the main things what? and one of the most interesting things. How could things. they do this to us? Right? Oh, my <sighs> God. But I think that he still could come back for the third oh season. Oh, my God. I just, uh, I don't know. I'm just very upset now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have broken it to you. <laughs> It's okay. I would have learned sooner or later. I just, uh, yeah, I'm just going to have to process this tonight. Oh, yeah. Dear. Yeah. Just watch it again. Oh, God. Okay. Maybe we can find some some GIFs, GIFs, whatever you say. <laughs> GIFs, yeah. Yeah. And then while you're watching it, like, just have a random GIF pop up. Oh, gosh. You know what? I don't think I'm going to watch it again. It'll just make me sad that I'm single and alone. Forever. So, so you know, I think I think I'll pass. Yeah. All right, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Well, that yeah, perfect. Let's move outside of the board game realm for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, you're an attorney, right? Yes. With housing, something to do with housing, right? Legal aid. So I help people who are, so I represent people who are underprivileged. So anyone who comes to legal aid has to be below the poverty level, like a certain percentage of it um, Mm -hmm. to qualify for free services. And we practice civil law. So we cover a lot of different areas of civil litigation and civil law. And my area specifically is housing. So I help people who are about to be evicted or lose their housing benefits. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's heavy. It is so heavy. Just today I had a really difficult situation. I had an in-person meeting with a client today and it was just a very, very difficult situation. I, um, my job is very mentally and emotionally draining. And today yeah. was one of those days. So I could imagine. My wife yeah. works at a low income, uh, a title one school. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you know, you know, poverty in America is just a, I just wish more people would realize like how things well i won't get into it but, no but, we can yeah. that's fine no it's okay <laughs> i was just going to say you know there's just so many changes i feel like we need to make in this country to help people out but yeah i totally agree and yeah it's frustrating talking to so many of my friends who just think like I know what poverty is a white middle class person. I know what poverty no, is, you and know. Unless like- you've experienced it, which, you know, I haven't. So I, you know, I'm speaking as someone who works with people who are in poverty yeah. and I can see what they're going through. But even then I haven't experienced it myself. You know what I mean? Poverty, yeah. like true poverty, is something different than me going broke like in a month because I've spent my money on board games or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right. Kickstarter it's, isn't poverty. Yeah, no, it's it's different. It's um, you know, having to choose between feeding your family or paying your bills or, you know, that's poverty. That's, you know, where it it's yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard to you know, so many people think they understand poverty and think no. they've been in you know, yeah. impoverished. Impov is that yeah, no, that's right, impoverished, yeah. Okay, yeah. And it's just like, no, like, you think you know, but you don't. No, I mean, there's so many good articles out there, too, about how, like, studies have done been done, and it 
discusses like how long it would take for someone to get out of poverty and what it would take. And it would take, I think, if I remember correctly, 30 years. It was like between 20 and 30 years of nothing going wrong for someone to try to get out of poverty because, you know, things happen, emergencies happen. There's like car problems, there's health problems, you know, there's, there's so much that happens. So people who are struggling to save up money, they end up having to spend their savings on an emergency. And that makes it very difficult to come out of poverty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This uh, (laughs) sort of segues into your uh, love of elephants. Yes, I'm very passionate about elephants. I love them. Which I love seeing it. And I love that you use your platform for good. Like, oh, thank you. I've learned a lot about certain things. And like, I would have never thought about, you know, like if I had the opportunity to ride an elephant, I would have been like, yeah, of course. And now I'm like, no. Oh, my God. That makes me so happy to hear. Thank you. Yeah. And it so it make, breaks my heart knowing this type of stuff. Yes. And I'm like, you know, why are people so selfish? Your two minutes of pleasure is a lifetime of suffering for this animal, like a absolute lifetime. The horrors that that animal had to go through to be trained in this absolutely horrific process called Fajan. Like, seriously, if you Google Fajan and the images you will see of, you know, I won't talk about what what you what you would see because it's very distressing but it's absolutely horrific and you know your two minutes of pleasure is not worth an animal's lifetime of misery it's just not yeah yeah exactly (sighs) so from that kind of sad one to you have designed a game or Or are designing i'm trying to yes trying to yes yeah (laughs) so can you talk about that at all? Sure. It's, a, it's yes. So I'm trying to design a game that's about rescuing elephants from various like industries, such as logging, tourist industries, um, elephants who are used for religious festivals, who are also just as abused as tourist elephants are, like, you know, circus elephants and street begging and trekking elephants. Religious festival elephants suffer the same kind of fate that those elephants do because they all have to be trained anytime an elephant has to be trained to do something it goes through that horrific process and anytime an elephant is used for anything you know it's living a miserable life so my game is going to be about rescuing elephants from these various industries and placing them into sanctuaries it's going to be a worker placement like resource management game oh very cool that sounds really interesting thank you you had it uh, kind of in that the Zenobia Awards. Yes, I did not make it to the second stage. Uh, my proposal was selected and then I didn't advance beyond that. So, um, you know, it's something I was expecting, to be honest, because um, I know that the Zenobia Awards is um, more geared towards historical games or games with a historical or sociological you know, aspect to it more so than you know, rescuing elephants. Like I did try to tie in history to it and um, some societal aspects to it, but um, I think it just wasn't enough to be honest. So. Hmm. I mean, it sounds like a great game. I would play that. Thank you. What stage are you at now? Um, yeah, it's funny you ask, because just today I posted on Twitter that I really need to buckle down. Honestly, oh. I'm at the stage where I've already decided what the mechanics are going to be in the game. Like, I've known that for, like, well over a year now. Like, I already have everything mapped out. It's just trying to create the resource cards and create balance. Like, honestly, I'm at the mathy part, which I've just been kind of putting off. <laughs> oh, <So>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I understand that. That's kind of where I'm at on one of my games. And I'm just like, it's, it's not fun to just sit no. there and crunch numbers. No, and it's like, I don't even know how to begin to do that. Like, I'm not a board game designer by profession. You yeah. Know? It's like, how do I know how to make it balanced? And, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, I realized that, you know, I've become friends with a lot of people who work in the board game industry, like developers and designers. And now I realize that developers can, you know, help with that aspect. So I'm going to try to just mm. get a basic framework going and start pitching it to publishers then because it's the developers who will hopefully help me perfect it and get the balance correct then yeah Yeah, that makes a lot of sense do you have a design group or anything like that no i don't oh i'm also co-designing a game with my friend michael um where uh, he came up with this amazing game and a few years ago i started kind of just giving him input on that game. So I'm also co-designing like a racing game with him. Um, So I guess he's my design group. But as far as my (laughs) elephant game goes, no, I don't. I don't have a design group. No. Okay. I bet. Well, you're moving soon, aren't you? Oh, no, no. (laughs) I want to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I just feel like my life is kind of in a rut. (laughs) Um, So I'm I'm just, I just need a big change. Honestly, I just feel like I need a really big change right now. It's just, um, I was thinking about why I feel that way. And then I realized that most of my life, I lived in one place. I lived in a suburb of Binghamton, which is where I grew up at my parents' house. And I attended college while living at home. And mm. then I moved away in 2006 for grad school in Indiana. That's when I started doing a PhD, but then I didn't finish the PhD. But after three years, I left with my master's. Then I moved back home for one year. And then I went to law school for another three years. And then I moved to London for another three years. And then I moved back. And now I've been in Ithaca for three years. So I'm starting to think that after three years, I have like an itch that that I need to move now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like a three-year itch now. That's life, right? Like... If you need to move every three years to keep it fresh, that's no. Fine. I, you know, eventually, I don't want to have to keep on moving every three years, but I just feel like I'm not getting what I want out of life in Ithaca. Like, I absolutely love this town. Like, don't get me wrong, Ithaca is like one of my favorite places on earth. I absolutely love this place, but I just feel like I'm not getting what I need out of life in this town right now. So, uh, I see. Yeah, I saw you were looking at moving into Colorado. Yes, <laughs> which that's like. That's my neighbor. I'm in Utah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Colorado just seems like it would be a really amazing place to live. And actually, when I was first um, applying for the New York bar, I thought about applying to the Colorado bar back then because I took the uniform bar exam and my score was high enough to get into like any jurisdiction that accepts the uniform bar exam. Um, But at that time, I was like, "Ah, Colorado so far. And now I wish I had done it because now I have to pay a lot more (laughs) and go through this long application process when if I had just done it back then you know easy peasy but oh well <laughs> yeah yeah that makes sense uh I'm curious if there's I'm sure that there's a design community out in New York it's so big that there has I to be. don't know if there is if there I think I actually I think um I think there might be one near Albany if I remember correctly but I'm, I'm two and a half hours away oh, from Albany okay. yeah yeah, that's the thing. It's nice. I'm in like Salt Lake. And so I've got my the board game designers guild here. 
Yeah. One of the reasons I want to move to Colorado, aside from the fact that it seems like a really cool place to live and I would see mountains every day, um, it's just a two-hour flight to like somewhere in California and a two-hour flight to Nevada. And I hear that those are good places for protospiel. So oh, yeah. yeah, that's what I've heard from a friend of mine. So um, <laughs> Do it. And the nice thing about Colorado is like, especially if you're in the Denver area, so many flights go out of there. Exactly. And that's where I would hope to be. And even if I don't end oh, nice. up in Denver, like my, you know, Boulder is just half an hour away from what I can see on Google Maps. And Boulder, actually, fun fact, I learned was designed like the city was planned by the same city planner of Ithaca. So apparently oh. they're quite similar. So if Weird. I love Ithaca, I think I would love Boulder. <laughs> so That's yeah. really fascinating. Yeah. What a weird, random thing. Yeah. So, you know, Colorado, I really like when I get my heart set on something, I really get my heart set on something and I have to make it happen. Nice. And uh, Colorado is definitely something I'm I'm hoping to make happen. Of course, I'll need to find a job there once I get right. accepted to the bar. But yeah, that would be real exciting. Yeah. You'd be a hop, jump and a skip away. Yeah. I, you know, um, I can't wait. I hope it happens. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> we've got SaltCon here, which is a pretty nice board oh, game. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't sound like a board game thing, but it Salt is. Con. It's a board game convention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just realized how weird that sounds. Like, do we go and talk about salt? We just get real excited. <laughs> That's Utah. <laughs> That's funny. What about outside of board games? What kind of hobbies do you have? Oh gosh, uh, that you know what you just reminded me that I had backed a expensive telescope on Kickstarter, and I'm like, oh, oh crap, what shipping address did I put for that telescope? Because if I do move, I'm gonna make need to make sure I get it. Um, yeah, so I love astronomy. I love reading. I. For the longest time in my life, a life goal of mine was to write and publish a novel. And actually, when mm-hmm. I lived in London, I actually attended like this event where you could pitch your idea to a publisher and stuff like that. And I used to enter like short story contests and stuff like that. But that didn't go so well because I'm a perfectionist and I would just start typing something and then I would hate what I typed and I would delete <laughs> everything. Like I would start from scratch like all the time and it just wasn't getting anywhere. Um, so, yeah, so that didn't happen. But uh I do love stuff like that. I love watching good TV. Like I watch a lot of TV and of course eating and bubble tea and traveling (laughs) and badminton. When I was in London, I used to play badminton. I used to go to this badminton meetup. And then um, a friend of mine in Ithaca is part of the Cornell badminton club. But of course, and so I used to play with him. But then when the um, pandemic started, of course, that ended as well. Oh man, that's a bummer. Yeah. We just, Barely bought a house in December. And the first thing, as soon as it started warming up, my wife was like, we've got to get badminton. Oh, I love badminton. We got it and have just been playing. Yeah, I used to because, you know, when I was really little, I remember during summer vacations, just me and my sister playing in the backyard, like badminton every day, like all day. (laughs) Like just (laughs) we were obsessed with it. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, going back to writing books and short stories what kind what genre i was trying to do um like surrealist fiction um it's like surrealism that's what i was aiming for and Hmm. of course my story had to do with the one that i aspired to write had to do with elephants (laughs) but um but yeah it didn't really go anywhere 
Oh, that's cool, though. Is that what kind of books you like to uh, read as well? I love fantasy. Um, ah. So fantasy is like probably my favorite genre. And then just like modern literature. I do like modern fiction um, and sci-fi. I like sci-fi as well. Very awesome. What about TV, movies? Everything. I'm obs- I watch a lot of TV. If you follow me on Twitter, you would know that. Like I yeah. <laughs> watch everything and a lot. <laughs> so I love it. I'm a big TV person too. It's like... I could sit in front of the TV all day and I do other things while watching TV, but yeah, it's just so many good stories. Oh my God. There's just so much good TV out there. It's just amazing. Yeah. Outside of Bridgerton, do you have a favorite? Oh my God. So, you know, I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan. Hmm. Lost. I was a really big losty. (gasps) I, Um, can I tell you a lost thing? Sure. I, so you remember in like the third season, I think, Charlie, like, is about to get shot by an arrow and it goes through his guitar. Uh-huh. I own that guitar. What? Yeah. Are you serious? I Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm yeah. so jealous. Yeah, I bought it at an auction. And then it, it also, I didn't buy this, but they gave it to me for free, I guess. Uh, but they gave me the, his guitar case as well. Oh, my God. I am so jealous. Like, yeah. seriously. Like, I'm such... <laughs> let me tell you what big lost team I am. I've seen the entire series from start to finish six times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm with a, you. I'm a huge lostie. And anyone who says that the ending sucks, I legitimately think that they don't understand it. I think that they... Thank I've, you. Like so many people I've talked to who are like, oh, the ending sucked. I'm like, okay, let's talk about it then because I just think you don't understand it. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then by the end, they still say like, they were dead the whole time. And you're like, see, you still no, don't understand they don't it. get it. They don't get it. Oh, my God. Anyway, don't get me started on Lost. But yeah, that's oh one my. of the shows I love. We could have just done a Lost podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it, though. Like, because I have those same conversations. Yeah. One of, like, the biggest highlights of my life, like, back when the show was actually airing on TV was when I was posting in the Lost forums. And the actor who played John Locke responded to a <gasps> post of mine. And I was like, oh, my God. He responded, and I was just so excited. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Hawaii after it ended oh. and just toured. Like, I bought a, a lost tour, and then I would, like, just look up sites of different places and go to everywhere yeah. that I could go to. Because all the beaches are public there. Yeah. So, like, oh. I went to their home camp beach. Oh, my and God. Went, just, like... Oh, so good. <laughs> Lost was amazing. Yeah. Uh, Shows other than Lost, like Community, <gasps> like Arrested Development, yes. Pushing Daisies, The Americans, um, Six Feet Under. Like I'm listing a bunch of stuff that's just <laughs> coming to mind, like Old and You. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I Those are like so many of my favorites. Community is probably my favorite comedy. Oh my god, it's my favorite. I've seen it probably at least 25 times. Not kidding, seriously. <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> Do you know who Dan Harmon is then? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I went to go listen to his podcast live. And then we went to a bar afterwards. And, and I don't drink, but he well, was I don't drink either. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> I always get crap for it, but whatever. (laughs) Um, So, but I went to, like, I was just like, hey, it was nice meeting you and saying goodbye to him. And my friend had the camera out and just started snapping a bunch of pictures while I was saying goodbye. 
<clears throat> saying goodbye. And Dan just started like hugging me and then oh just my God. rubbing his beard how, against me. And how, well, okay, that's a bit weird. But how are you like? Weird. How are you like living my dreams? Like meeting these right? people, getting their guitars, and oh my god! <laughs> so I have his autograph on my season one of Community. Oh my god! Like, I'm oh. so jealous. So jealous. Yeah. Oh, and I went for my birthday, and we ended up getting a cake. Like his girlfriend or wife at the time. I think it was girlfriend at the time. Anyway, she gave us a cake, not <laughs> my birthday. Dan Harmon responded to a tweet of mine many, many moons ago. This is under a different Twitter handle, so no one would find it now. But um, oh, nice. <laughs> this was like a long time ago. But yeah, that was also a highlight of my life. Oh, when my he responded. Yeah, like how sad, right? <laughs> I, just... I love it, though. <laughs> yeah. I totally get that. It's like the little interactions with celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah even if they just like a tweet or something it's, it's like, like oh, oh my god <laughs> yeah they took the time to just heart that <laughs> yeah oh man i feel like you're my best friend now tv <laughs> tv best friends <laughs> yeah i'm gonna send you pictures of my lost stuff and oh my, my god <laughs> maybe i need to do a seven three watch of it should i i don't <laughs> I keep trying to get my wife to rewatch it. So the, the problem with me is like when I start doing a rewatch, I have to finish it. It's yeah. not like I can start it and be like, okay, you know, I, I've watched a couple. No, like if I start a rewatch of a show, I'm going to finish it. And Lost is very long. Like it's very long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Six seasons before they went to being like 12 episodes long. Yeah. So. Oh my God. Ah, so good. You have two cats, right? I do. Yes. So Dobby, he's my older cat. He will be 15 years old next month. Um, I got him when I was a grad student in Indiana. He was a little rescue kitten. And so he's moved around a bit with me as well. And I love him to bits. And then last year, I adopted Toffee, also a little rescue kitten, my little ginger boy, like the long haired ginger boy who's a little monster. And <laughs> he is such a little monster and he, he loves attacking the older cat. So eventually oh. I had to give him to his grandma for her to watch over him until he gets a bit older and calms down. So I do visit him every weekend. He lives with my mom. But yeah, he's still he's still technically mine. It's just that my mom is just kind of watching him. And but you know, I take care of all of his expenses, his food, his health, everything. Um, yeah. So and I visit him, and yeah, I love him. <laughs> I love both of them. <laughs> that is so awesome. Yeah. Are you are you just an animal person in general? Yes, I love animals. Mm-hmm. Nice. Are you in an apartment? I'm in an house? apartment. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's also restrictions on how many pets and uh, what kind of animals. You yeah, cats are okay, though. So Yeah. Nice. If you didn't live in an apartment, would you have more animals? I would love if I had a house, I would love to have like a giant like backyard where I could like have a llama and like have a house for like rescue cats. <laughs> I don't know. Like I would. Yeah, I would love all of that. Oh, that is so awesome. We went yeah. to baby animal days at this ranch by us. And they had a ton of baby goats. Oh, baby goats are so cute. They were so cuddly. Like, I don't think I've ever really interacted with goats before, but they were like jumping in my lap and would just like lay into me. Oh, I held a baby goat once. They're adorable. They are. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I love animals. So I was excited. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on. Where can people find you? 
Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Um, so you can find me on TikTok or Twitter as Puffindor. So that's P-U-F-F-I-N-D-O-R. And then on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook as Board Games in a Minute. Perfect. And then go to boardgamesinaminute.com and do the contact you through there. Yeah. If anyone would like to contact me to uh, have me cover their game, they can go to boardgamesinaminute.com. Yep. Perfect. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, if you're enjoying the show, I would love it if you followed, subscribed, whatever it's called, wherever you listen to the podcast. If you could leave a review, that would be great. Even if you just tap that little five stars and that's it. That's wonderful. If you feel like writing something, that's even better. I would love that. I would appreciate hearing your thoughts and And I just appreciate all the love and support that I've been receiving for all of this. So thank you for listening. Thank you so much. If there's somebody that you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know. If anybody in the board game community, no matter how big, no matter how small, I would love to talk to them, I'm sure. If it's you, even easier. Because then I know you want to be on it. And it's not really a question. It's just like, when can we do it? All right, that's all I have. Until next time, keep nerding out.